to make you like Jesus so you can help the world, so that we can be a light to the world. Every disciple needs to be like Jesus because the world needs Jesus. And that's what spiritual formation is. Welcome to the Wrestling With Faith podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tolliver. Join me as we go on a search for deeper faith and deeper community. Hannah. Welcome back to the Wrestling with Faith podcast, season two, episode 10. We are so excited to have Robert Carrillo on the podcast this week to discuss slowing and presence. You are in for such a treat. So grab a Bible and a notebook and let's dive in. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but a few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Joshua, and I am joined, as always, by Hannah and Tacho. How are you guys doing today? Hello, hello. Hey, doing we're doing great. great. Man, it's been a good week. It has been. Yeah, we're we're episode 10. Can't Here believe it. Yeah, Marty's message was so amazing. Mm-hmm. How great. What a great mm-hmm. perspective. Yes. Um, I just, I'm excited to look up and to continue moving forward in yeah. my spiritual formation. Change the way you think, change the way you live. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just so apropos to everything we've been learning together. Mm-hmm. So what are we diving into this week, Touch? Yeah. So a huge part of the spiritual journey and the spiritual disciplines that we've been looking at all kind of fall under the umbrella of simply slowing and simplifying our life in order to open us up to the spirit. Okay. And so we're going to be looking at slowing and presence. And really there's a profound relationship between both of them because we slow our lives down in order to not only be present with our own lives, but to be present um, to what God's doing in our own lives. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. It's like the catalyst change. Like we need to be able to, if we don't slow down, we're not going to make time to make the progress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can't be present if we're constantly on the move, if we're constantly in a hurry. So um, that's where the discipline of of slowing comes into play. And with the passage that you just read, I I think it it coincides so perfectly because on one hand, um, there's uh, Martha who's kind of frenetically running around trying to get all these preparations done. And uh, Jesus even says, you are worried and upset. And I would even add distracted by many things, but you're 
your sister has chosen what is better. And the thing that she chose that was better was to simply slow herself down in order to simply listen to Jesus. And that's really what we're going to be talking about as we invite Robert on for this interview. Mm. But don't you think, Tacho, that like, I mean, Martha was preparing a meal for the Lord of Lords. Like, Mm. couldn't you maybe argue that she had a an accurate perspective of who she was prepping for? Like, is there that to be said? Like she was, I mean, I can imagine if like anybody of significance came to my house and I needed to like, and like, the, it wasn't kind of unannounced. And like, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, like here comes point. this diplomat or whatever, or a politician or, or the king of kings coming to my house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta clean the the counter. I gotta do this. I gotta do the dishes. I gotta get everything ready. I gotta get the, the you know, the food mm-hmm. in the oven. I mean, yep. I can imagine Part of me goes, she had a point? Yeah. I don't know, question mark? Absolutely. And I think we have to look back at Jesus's response to that. He didn't say Mary chose what was right. It simply says she chose what was better. Mm. And it's not that Martha was totally in the wrong, because you're right. You have a fair point. There were preparations to be done. Um, I, I think what Jesus was getting at here was, hey, like it's not that those things are unimportant, but don't lose perspective on what's urgent and what's important. And mm. I think that's so much the importance of slowing our lives down. Not that we abandon all our responsibilities and quit your job and don't have any other um, responsibilities outside of your personal connection with him, because that's just unrealistic. Sure. But it's putting things in the proper perspective so that we can slow ourselves down in order to be present to him. Yeah, I personally feel like I am a Martha of Martha's. I have read this scripture <laughs> Probably, honestly, honestly, probably more than any other verse in the entire Bible. Wow. I, like, okay. I really believe that. I am a Martha. Um, but verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way to be, take care of our responsibilities in life and not be distracted by them okay. and have them get in the way of us and God, right? Like we all will throw a party in our lifetime. We all will host an event or things like that. And there's a way to be prepared and present. And there's a mm. way to let your preparations distract you from presence. So I think that that really ministers to me is that Mary chose that presence was more important than preparations and Martha let preparations keep her from presence. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I mentioned earlier and I would add distracted, but I didn't have to add it because the scripture actually said it. So (laughs) thanks for for pointing that out. Yeah. That was a brain fart there, but thank you for pointing that out. And I appreciate you saying how much you relate to Martha because in my heart of hearts, I so desperately want to be a Mary that ponders, that contemplates, that mm. slows my life down. But if I'm honest with myself, I very much relate to to Martha. Mm. Um, so, so thanks for that. That that call to mind, man. I I really want to grow in my ability to to become more like Mary. Yeah, Hannah. Maybe we could just touch on that for a bit. I, I feel inspired. At- that you, you've read this passage so many times. I'd love to hear more <laughs> light from it that you, you've gathered, but what helps you, because you, you, you identify as the Martha of Marthas, and, and I feel the same way. What helps you be like Mary? Um, Josh, I, I don't feel like I have yet arrived. It's probably why I read it so much. Yeah. Um, it's definitely why I read it so much. But Jesus says to Martha in verse 41, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Mm. I, 
I think I can find myself in a place where I want to do everything and I want to do everything excellently. Yeah. You know, I want to be at every party. I want to bring right. a dish. I want to, every person who needs a meal, I'm going to be the person to do it. And Jesus actually says few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Like mm. the amount of things that I fill my schedule with is often where a lot of my worry and upsetness <laughs> comes from. Mm. Um, but Jesus says, if we can really simplify, if we can really hone in, that's really what's needed. And all the many, many things I do, I end up doing poorly and in a stressed out mood. And I'm angry, you know, as I'm delivering a meal to my friend who's just had a baby, rather than like, this should be the greatest joy to be able to serve people in my life. I commit myself to so many things, or I had been committing myself to so many things that I couldn't do them with really um, a joyful posture. And so I think by, by me really choosing, like, what are the few things I'm going to commit myself to? And I can do them out of love and compassion and joy. Um, I think that's helped me be a little bit more like Mary. Hmm. So to summarize that maybe in a way too, is like when we say yes to a relationship with God, we are going to have to say no to things, even though they yes. might seem like things that are like, oh, They're I need good to be, yeah, things. good things. We're all busy with good things. I yeah. feel yeah. like it's rare that people are so busy just doing these like awful, arbitrary <laughs> things. You know, like, right. yeah. we're really, we're committed to family and friends and community and our jobs and our homes. Like mm -hmm. all of that's excellent, but, but not at the expense of our time with God. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I'm very much looking forward to having Robert Gadillo on to teach us how to practically implement slowing and presence into our busy lives. So why don't we have him on? Here we go. Robert Gadillo was born in Juarez, Mexico, and grew up in California. He was educated at the University of San Diego and San Diego State University, receiving a bachelor's degree in history and social work and art. Later, Robert studied at Pepperdine University, where he received a master's in divinity. Robert and Michelle have been married 32 years and have three adult children, Elena, Alexis, and Andrew. Robert and Michelle entered the ministry as missionaries planting churches in Mexico City and Miami. He and Michelle also led churches and ministries in Puerto Rico, Jamaica, and New York. After returning to San Diego, he and Michelle led the San Diego Church of Christ for seven years. Robert Gadiel served as CEO of Hope Worldwide for four years and is now finishing a doctorate in spiritual formation at Fuller Seminary. He is an evangelist and teacher with the Los Angeles Church of Christ, serving as part of the leadership team, as well as serving on the ICOC Teachers Committee. According to Robert, the study and practice of spiritual formation has been a life-changing experience. He feels a special calling from God to help leaders and mature Christians to spiritually develop, mature, and experience a transformative walk with God. Um, it is my honor to introduce Robert Gadiel as we have him on the Wrestling With Faith podcast. Robert, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great and super encouraged to be with you, Tacho and Joshua. It's great to, to be here with you guys. I was looking forward to this time 
uh, sharing this time together. Absolutely. Well, this has been a this has been a buzz on our week. Just so excited to have you on. We've been we've been very much excited to have you on, Robert. What a bio! Uh, I'm just I'm thrilled to sit at your feet uh, for the next few minutes to just learn from you. And it sounds like we are in for a treat. So I'm really excited. Thank you. Absolutely. And as Josh said, I mean, gosh, that is that is quite the bio. And I'm sure we could we could spend probably an hour. Each episode could be focused on one of the projects that you're working on. But maybe yeah. you could just catch us up a little bit. What, what are you up to these days? What, what, what's keeping you busy? Well, yeah. So so um, after I, I um, finished working with Hope, I moved to Los Angeles and my wife and I have the privilege and honor of serving the metro region of the LA Church. And um, I went back to school to get my doctorate, as you had shared, in spiritual formation. So a lot has been, of course, serving in the ministry, but also for me, it's been a time of amazing growth, just learning mm. and growing and changing and and being transformed and just living in God's hands, really. And mm-hmm. um, this doctorate is is a very personalized program that is all a lot about me changing and becoming what I need to be to walk with God. And um, Michelle and I have been experimenting and practicing. You know, the spiritual formation is all about practice. And uh, we've been doing uh, what we call learning labs, eight-week labs with leaders. Of course, Tacho, you, you, you've had experience with that. Yeah. Um, we've been taking leaders uh, through eight weeks of spiritual training. Uh, we've been doing spiritual workshops. We just started doing that, which has wow. been incredible. We did our first one in Southern California. We had uh, on Zoom. We did them on Zoom. You know, everybody's used to Zoom now. And we had 250 people attend the first workshop. We did one in Africa that we had over 200 people. We did one in Asia that had over 600 people. Wow. We've got one coming up in November that already has almost 400 people registered. It'll be in Spanish. And uh, first time we've done anything like this in Spanish. Yeah. So it's just that's that's been keeping us super (laughs) busy, you know, and I'm entering the writing phase of my doctorate. So uh, very much exciting times for us. The cherry on top, just a doctorate, nothing special. (laughs) Just writing your dissertation, you know, a walk in the park, right? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, as you, as you referenced uh, the spiritual learning lab, man, that was something that was just so life giving to me. And I'm sure we'll reference that quite a few times as we dive into the interview here, but maybe you can just give us a little bit of a backstory. Um, It sounds like you were you know, pretty neck deep into the full-time ministry and keeping extremely busy being a missionary, church leader, teacher, CEO of Hope. Like, gosh, all of those things sound like it just took 80 hours a week, you know, yeah. that kept you quite busy. So what what helped you to make room or what what led you on the path to not only spiritual formation, but also the spiritual learning labs that you've developed and have been teaching? Yeah, great, great question. Um, you know, it probably really kind of uh, started in 2003 when our fellowship went through uh, a lot of the changes. Um when we, uh, as probably most people know, we we hit a wall in 2003, and with left, which left me with a lot of questions. Um, mm. What happened, and mm. why did it happen? How does a group of people who are zealous 
fully devoted to God, who achieved so much in some ways, glorifying God, yet go through this time of of realization of some catastrophic mistakes that were made. Mm. And I just wanted to understand that. What 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 was not right and why was it not right? And maybe more importantly, how do we avoid making the same mistakes? Mm. And so that led me to studying, reading, which eventually led me to Pepperdine, uh, getting my master's in divinity, and which just opened up a whole new world for me. And mm. then actually going to work with Hope Worldwide was like a whole nother education of understanding. I can imagine. People suffering the needs of the world. You know, it was very eye-opening. I felt like I got baptized again in dealing with global poverty and disaster and suffering, which uh, is funny. You know, a, few, a, couple, a friend of mine, Jim Long in Atlanta, started sending me Dallas Willard books. And he was trying to get me to read these books. And at first I was like, man, this guy is so confusing, you know? And so yeah. you got to read one paragraph, then meditate for three days. Right. And little by little, it just started sinking in and uh, woke a hunger in me mm. that uh, to learn, to understand. And I began to realize there's so much more out there to learn and to grow in wow. spiritually. And so you know, I applied to Fuller and got in. They rolled out the red carpet for me. And wow, it's just been absolutely incredible. And I'm learning so much about God. I always use the analogy of um, it's like I realized when I went to Pepperdine that I've been living in a mansion. I've only been in one room my whole life. I've never even mm. gone out of this room. And at Pepperdine, it's like I learned all these other rooms, you know, theology mm. and history and Greek and Hebrew and and hermeneutic, all these other things. But then at Fuller, it's like I realized there's a staircase and there's a whole nother floor. You know, uh, I'm like a little kid running around the second floor. Wow. And I'm learning that the staircase keeps going up and up. You know, I don't know how many floors this mansion has, but I'm just I'm having the time of my life just learning and growing and and yeah, developing spiritually myself. That's amazing. You know what, what's so interesting about all of that is that I, I share a lot of the same passion that, that you have for, for uh -huh. learning and for digesting information and creating material. Um, I think one of the traps that I can often fall into is learning without application. Like mm. I have to really make sure, okay, this can't just be head knowledge and mm. it has to be practical uh, and yeah. transformative. And so I, I just, I would love to ask, how have you held that tension? How have you allowed your learning to have an impact on the way that you've lived? Yeah. Well, that, that, uh, that, that's kind of fundamental to what spiritual formation is all about. It's all about okay. being transformed or being formed in the image of Jesus, right? Um, think of Romans 12, too. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the mm. renewing of your mind. Or Galatians 4.19, uh, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So spiritual formation is, is about changing. It's about being mm. transformed into the image of Christ, or as Paul says, right in St. Corinthians and with ever increasing glory, right? Mm -hmm. Being transformed into his image. So it's all, it, it, it's, it's much more about practice 
and change than it is about education and training. I love there's that. A, there's an element of that, of course, but it's like, you know, you, 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 you study, you read, you pray, you meditate for an hour or two, but then you go out and change, you go out and change mm. who you are that day, you know? So that, mm. that's, since that's at the core of it, it is, I would, I would say there's a little bit of a fear in me sometimes that we tend to look for the, you know, magic potions or the silver bullet that's just going to fix everything. So give me three mm -hmm. things to do, you know, mm -hmm. or tell me the answers. And that's not at all what spiritual formation is. It's you changing into the image of Christ. So, so even understanding that being taught in that way, expecting that of myself, this is, this, this is all about Jesus being formed in me. It's what I would call discipleship of the heart, mind, soul, and body. You know, it's mm. being discipled wow. down to the core of who you are, yeah. and which changes what you do and how you live. So it's definitely not just head knowledge. So we've been we've been looking at not only spiritual formation but the disciplines that we can practice. And I really emphasize. I, I really appreciate your emphasis on the word practice, right? Because that's really what this is about. So we've been looking at the disciplines of solitude, lectio divina, Sabbath, and fasting, and um, a few others. Today we're going to be looking at. Uh, the practice of slowing and presence. And, you know, earlier we referenced or we read the scripture in Luke 10 where um, Mary and Martha um, had a very different posture towards Jesus and how we can really adopt that posture of presence and really being focusing on what's important in our lives. And so I just I just thought I would ask you as we kick off this conversation here, what what would you say that the role of slowing our lives down and being present not only to ourselves, but also to God and his activity in our life. Um, what roles do those play in our spiritual formation? Mm, great point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wonderful question. Uh, you know, I think of, okay, so you guys talked about and you studied Luke 10 and Mary and Martha and, and, um, and I love the line at the end of where Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And I think that 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 really is at the, at the core of spiritual formation of spiritual development is choosing what is better. Martha was doing something wonderful. She was getting the food ready, getting the plates out, getting you know setting everything up for Jesus. Good heart, good intention. Sounds like what any leader would do, right? And mm -hmm. yet Jesus says, "But but Mary chose what's better was to just stop." sit and listen to allow Jesus to impact her, to allow his words to transform her, to, to make a difference in her life. And there are many better things out there. I mean, there are many good things out there. There are many great things out there, but then there is what is what the Lord considers is better. And that is to slow down, to stop and to listen 
Mm. To be with God. You cannot hear if you're not listening. And you're not listening if you're on the run. You cannot grow in a relationship on the run. Love, you cannot hurry love. It takes time. It takes uh, attention. Probably one of the greatest gifts anybody can give anybody is the gift of presence. Where mm-hmm. I'm giving you my full attention, you know, and and we all feel it when like we're talking to somebody, and if they're like looking around and looking at the crowd behind or something, you know, you don't have their attention, and you don't feel very loved. You don't feel very important mm-hmm. when somebody locks in on you and looks at you, and you know the only thing they're thinking about is you right now. Mm-hmm. That is such an incredible gift. I have this. I have this uh, moment in life that that just came to life as a memory when I was studying this. Uh, I was working on my computer, and my son, who at that point was probably about five, and he came up and he said, Dad. And I said, yeah, and I'm working. And he says, Dad. I said, yeah, what? Dad. And he reached over and he grabbed my face and he turned me around. Wow. And I just felt so convicted, you know, that... He's trying to get my attention. And so, you know, I repented on the spot and gave him my attention. That communicates so much. That communicates love. God God calls us, but we tend to be very distracted. I mean, listening listening is, is a huge thing. I mean, the book of Revelation talks about listening 46 times. Jesus talked about it. The New Testament talks about listening and hearing. Almost 500 times in the NIV, 492 times talks about listening and hearing. God said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Listen to him. You know, and Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. Right. That. And I always I always love the joke. You know, I think that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. So he'd listen twice as much as (laughs) Um, Jesus said, consider carefully. How you listen. That's his mm-hmm. words. Like, don't, don't don't just run through your day. You have to slow down and hear him and listen mm-hmm. to him. And we're yeah. so distracted right now. I mean, our phones are just bombarding us with information. You know, the, every algorithm out there is trying to capture our attention and steer us in a direction mm-hmm. and set our feelings and set how we feel about ourselves and our lives. And God is trying to speak to us. I mean, his text is largely getting ignored and everybody mm. else's texts are getting yeah. attention, you know, and, and social media is fighting for your attention. So to stop and as scriptures is to be still and know that God is God. This mm. is your spiritual worship. This is your act of godliness. Hebrews 2 warns us, pay careful, we must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. And so mm. there's in our world, especially right now, I mean, I think this is the biggest challenge. Rollheiser, Ronald Rollheiser, there in, in San Antonio said, we are distracting mm-hmm. ourselves into spiritual oblivion. Yeah. You know. So I think I think this is huge, huge that we learn to slow. You can't 
you can't have a meaningful talk with somebody if you're on the run. You can't mm-hmm. share your heart and connect if you're always on the go. So learning to be still, learning to slow down. There's a, a Japanese theologian, I think a John Mark Homer's book, I think he mentions him, Kosoki Koyama. He wrote mm-hmm. The Three Mile an Hour God, you know, that 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 Jesus was an average man physically. And so mm-hmm. he walked the average speed is three miles an hour. So if you're on the run, you'd leave Jesus behind, you know? Wow. And of course, if you're not moving <laughs> at all, he'd leave you behind. But yeah, good point. It's walking with Jesus takes great patience. I, I would imagine that the apostles sometimes got frustrated just to get through a crowd of people with Jesus would take forever, you know? Right. Yeah. Because he was always present. He was Makes always. how people were. People were always running ahead of him. I guess he wasn't moving very fast. So, so it says that, you know, they always, they ran ahead of him and met him there. So I guess that, that brings a lot of light to that scripture. Yeah. <laughs> so walking with Jesus takes time, takes slowing down, takes attention. And the gift mm. of presence, I think is so incredibly important. I feel like I really, really needed to be here on this podcast and hear that today, which is ironic because Tatcha and I were talking, we were discussing before this, we were like, well, maybe it's just you, man. Maybe it's just you and Robert. I wasn't in the class. You know, you guys can talk. And <laughs> the irony is that like today, I feel like I needed to hear this because this morning I woke up and I woke up with enough time to have my morning routines and things like that, only to realize that there was an accident. Like Google was like alerting me, like it's going to take you mm-hmm. 50, it's going to take me an hour to get somewhere where I needed to be in in 20 minutes time kind of idea. And so I, I was like, oh no. So I left way earlier than I thought, it was way longer on the road. I was trying to, you know, I listened to a Sabbath podcast, but mm-hmm. I... Um, I, I started my day in a really rushed way, hurried way, had my appointment, ran, ran home, ate something to eat or had something to eat, ran here, start to, and like, and then like God is just halting my day and getting my attention and going, you need to slow down. And I'm just mm. so grateful for, for, for you saying all that. Cause this is, um, this is the real pandemic that we face in our spiritual walk is, is just how rushed we are through our lives, how mm-hmm. fast we go, that we don't stop. And um, I think it's so easy. Uh, the, the way that I think about it is that if if we treat the narrow road like a highway, we don't realize that we got off the exit ramp and joined the and joined the Broadway. We joined mm. the broad road because we had our heads down and our and our iPhones and we're distracted. And we didn't realize that the narrow road makes you look up and take in the day, walking slowly, making sure your path is careful, and equating that to our, my spiritual walk. Just this whole season has been for me uh, trying to find the question to what's this malaise that felt I felt set into my walk. And I realized as we've been discussing these last episodes, uh, it's just that it's really about, am I allowing God to form me, but am I stopping long enough in my life to hear his voice? Yeah, And that's, that's really something I want to work on. And I'm so grateful for the wisdom you brought into that. Yeah, thanks, Robert. You know, it's so funny, kind of midway through the series, um, now that we have two kids, my mom will come 
every other week to babysit so that we can mm-hmm. actually pay attention in midweek and mm-hmm. if I'm preaching so Hannah doesn't have to watch the girls by herself because it's it's quite chaotic but um there was one Thursday actually because she came Wednesday night and the following day I um I had a Bible study and I was actually running late and my stepdad had grilled some steaks the night before and made tons so I was able to eat that for lunch and I like <laughs> really needed to go and my mom was like you need to at least have a meal. Like, why don't you eat the steak and then you can go? I was like, okay. So I, I microwaved the steak first mistake. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah. num- number two, I, we're going to have to edit that from the podcast. We can't yeah, let people exactly. know that you did that. <laughs> but then I must've eaten that 12 ounce ribeye in like a, like a minute and a half. And oh, no. my That's mom sin, looked bro. at me That's like so I was a wild caveman. Yeah. And she actually texted me later in the week. She's like, you need to slow down. Like mm-hmm. the way you ate that steak was so concerning. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> and I'm 27. Yeah. My, my mom has a way of discipling me. And, um, you know, I just, I felt so convicted by that because, you know, we're in a series obviously on spiritual formation and a yeah. huge part of that is slowing mm-hmm. and allowing yes. yourself to, to lead a life that um, gives the spirit a way of speaking to you and creating a posture of slowing so that you can listen to the spirit. And so I think this is just a prime example of kind of the world that we live in. We live in a fast-paced world. You mentioned technology. I have to get here. I have to get there. A lot of us in the Young Professionals Ministry, we're just getting our career off the ground. So I I just, you've already mentioned this a little bit. I would just love for you to elaborate. What would you say is the problem with, with hurry and distraction as it pertains to our spiritual lives. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, it's kind of like multitasking. You know, a lot of research has been done on multitasking and showed that people really cannot multitask effectively. Nobody can. People think they can. Mm-hmm. But you lower right. your capacity to understand, to think intelligently, and when, when you're dividing up your attention and your thoughts, and the same thing happens, I think, when we're in a hurry, when we're busy, when we don't slow down. First of all, we we're not in the moment at all because we're focused on the future, so we're missing things going on around us. And you mentioned slowing down so you could hear the voice of God. You know, we there's so much noise in our lives. There's so many things that when I when I teach meditation, most people have a horrible time at the beginning because they can't stop bouncing around in their thinking, you know, and that what's called monkey mind. You know, that mm-hmm. I tell them, think of nothing but breathing for five minutes. It's impossible. And I, I went through that when I first started meditating. It was like, I couldn't think of nothing but breathing for five seconds, let alone five minutes, you know, and, but it showed me how much I'm constantly just bouncing around in Mm. my head. And you, I mean, think about like when a baby is born, you just, you just had a baby. You just Mm -hmm. love sitting there staring at that baby. I was going, I was, I, I was upgrading all my old videos I have a 15 minute video of nothing but my first baby just sitting there staring in the camera. Wow. <laughs> just that's awesome. And I I'm even have a soundtrack. I have all these classic 
baby songs and everything. Yep. And, you know, it's a video that only I will ever watch or maybe Michelle, yeah. you know, but uh-huh. that, that powerful thing when a baby looks at the face of its mother or the father and the mirroring that's going on and a child develops their self-esteem from staring and looking at the reactions in the face of the parents, right? That that happens with God when we sit there and focus our hearts and minds on God, when we think about God, when we're not just bouncing around and and going from this to that wow. to this to that, ruminating. Most of us spend most of our time either ruminating the past or worrying about the future and very little time in the present. That's why mm-hmm. presencing is so important. And and I just, I, I'm in a learning, I have another learning lab right now with leaders from all over the world, from Africa, from Asia, from uh, all over the world, Mexico. And today we we discussed our spiritual autobiographies. I don't know if you remember doing that. Yeah, Joshua. I do. And they were all sharing how they were blown away by how God has been working in their lives. And now they're noticing God all around them in all kinds of mm. ways. But mm. see, if you're bouncing around on the run, on the go, worrying about the next thing, worrying about the future, you miss all that. And that's that's why I think a lot of people get older in life and they're full of regrets. They weren't yeah. there for their children. They weren't there for their spouse. They weren't mm. there for their friends. Nobody on their deathbed regrets, you know, they didn't make enough money or they didn't have a nice, nice enough car. What they regret is the time they missed with loved mm. ones, you know, and that's what slowing down, it helps you to realize what's going on and especially to connect with God, to hear that gentle whisper. You will not hear it if you're surrounded by noise. You will not notice it when God does things. If you're thinking about the future, you'll miss. Classic scene is Michelle's telling me she needs me to go to the store to pick up this this is okay i got it she, you got it yeah i got it i run to the store and i'm like what did she say and i have oh, that's my life you know yep. and she's like yep. i knew you weren't listening you know <laughs> that's that's the partial listening and yeah i think a lot of us you know that's how we hear god partially and we're so busy skimming through life we skim text we skim emails we skim our reading i think a lot of us are skimming god we're skimming mm. the Bible. Mm. We're just getting a little bit, not nearly enough for our lives, for the challenges we face. I think right now we're living in a time that is so intensely difficult. And most people's lack of connection with God is really being revealed. Too mm. busy, too much going on, moving too fast, and just need to slow down and be refilled, recharged by God. Hmm. Yeah, man, I, I really love that. And everything that you're saying, I'm just like, man, that's, that's what I want to replicate in my own walk with God. I, I want to live a life that, that is present to the spirit, present to myself, that makes time to slow down. And you know, our our culture doesn't make it easy on us mm-hmm. to be able to make that a reality. And obviously the option isn't, you know, quit your job, don't do anything else and just meditate <laughs> in your room all day. But but 
I, I know from experience that you've shared many practices that has that's helped you to slow down and to mm-hmm. combat the fast-paced culture that we live in. I know you just mentioned meditation. Um, could you just teach us a few of the practices that you found helpful in your own formation um, to get you to a place to slow down and to be present? Yeah, yeah. Um, th- and this is, of course, you're talking about the spiritual uh disciplines or I, I like to call them spiritual practices, you know, the things that you yeah. practice, things that you do that okay. keep you connected with God, that slow you down in a way that you can appreciate God. You can appreciate your life. Um we, we talked earlier about stachio, the 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 yeah. stachio is stachio. One of the disciplines of the monks was to always show up at least 10, 15 minutes early so that you can be present so that, you know, anytime you walk in a meeting, you know, when you're, especially if you're cutting it, you know, down to the wire mm-hmm. or you're a little late, you're so full of apology and did anybody notice? And, you know, am I going to get a good seat? Is everybody going to see me coming late? Or you're totally not there. You're worried about all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Stasio is coming in early so that you can kind of settle in and emotionally and spiritually be present know where you are, know what you're doing, know the importance of, of what you're doing. That's a tiny one, but pr- probably the big, the biggest change in, in my life has been my morning routine, my morning rhythm of life. You know, the, the, the lingo is rhythm of life or rule of life, right? Mm-hmm. What, what are the rules you live by? And these are all things that were discovered over the ages. Some by looking back at scriptures and looking at Jesus, how he lived, I mean, he would leave early in the morning to quiet, solitary places, and he'd spend time with the Lord, right? When he started his ministry, he went 40 days in the desert and came back, the Bible says, full of the Spirit, in the Mm. power of the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the practice that we have to learn, is to fill ourselves with the Spirit, to fill and be filled with the power of the Spirit as we face each day. So taking time... To do that, I think uh, for me, you know, it's it's prayer, it's meditation, which these are all spiritual practices, um, you know, reading, contemplating, praying, listening, journaling. Uh, and I'm not, you know, traditionally, I'm not, a, I'm much more of a doer. And the mm-hmm. heart of this is, is being more focused on being than doing. You know, more when you yeah. read your Bible, yeah. more for transformation than information. We tend to read for information, learning yeah. to read for transformation. But but those practices of taking the time in the morning. Now, I'm in the ministry, so I have a luxury of managing my daily schedule. So, like Michelle and I made a decision, was it three years ago when we moved here? that we would set up our schedule. So we had a minimal of three hours with God every morning. And and we've been practicing that. And you think, wow, you know, how do you get everything done? Actually, I'm much more productive because I'm doing great. You know, I'm setting my heart, my mind, my soul, and my body. And so I face the day much better off. Um, But even if you're not, even if you don't have that luxury of the time of managing your time that way, but making sure that you have a time to pray, to meditate, to read scripture, to think about it, maybe write something down. Um, 
And there's a lot of tricks for a for a for a uh, busy schedule, you know, to to be able to make sure that you do connect. But a lot of this, honestly, I think is priorities and choices we make. You know, what what is going to be most important to me, and mm-hmm. what are my choices? We all have 168 hours a week. How you spend it is way more in your control than we think. Mm. We think we're slaves to the schedule. And, you know, I mean, Paul talks about anything that masters you is sin, right? Wow. We cannot let our schedules drag us into sin. We have to master our schedules and decide what, who will I be? What will I accomplish each week? What are my priorities? And make sure we live according to our rhythm of life, not what the world tells us, not what... Satan would love to do is just keep you so busy. You have no time for God. You don't have to worry about whether you believe in God or not. You don't have to worry about whether you're a disciple or not. What he's focused on is just keeping you so busy. You don't connect to God. You don't walk with God. So you could be in the church and still have a lousy marriage, still have be a slave to sin, still be struggling and bumping through it until you finally get so tired, you quit. And that's all just keeping you disconnected. I'd I'd love to touch on some practicals. You know, I, I think for me, I'm I'm a really big believer in um in listening to god's spirit and i believe there's so many ways to do that and one of the ways that i really find that really connects with me is just sitting and just listening for his voice um Mm -hmm. and and through the meditation through his word i i i really begin to hear him but for me that practice um it feels almost like the steak dinner i get every once in a while because it's 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 it is hard for me to to make the space, to do the practicals, to really, to really make space. Like I don't, I don't do the best hearing God's voice when I'm, when I, like you said, like when I'm busy, I'm in traffic and I've got an appointment and then this, and then I've got date night and then I've got an appointment and then I've, you know, like, and then before I know it, the week's over and I'm exhausted and I'm heading into, you know, like the next week, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'd love some practicals and, and, and maybe also speaking a bit to some of our members who need to wake up at five and live, live busy lives. And then they, they're, they're the breadwinner for the family. So it's not like they can quit or, you know what I mean? And yeah, spending a, 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 what sounds like an amazing three hours and I'm in the ministry. I should just, I should be doing that. What the heck is wrong with me? So I'm going to, I want to (laughs) implement that, but not all of our listeners have that, that ability, you know, they work all day and they're the breadwinners Mm. for their family or they're, they got to pay rent of course. And so what do we do? What what do some practicals look like in our, in, um, you know, to that, to, to that demographic of our, of our listeners? Yeah, I, I think maybe the maybe one of the first things to realize is you guys studied Sabbath, right? You guys is that you guys cover that? We so, have, yeah. yeah. So Sabbath is at the heart of this. It's 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 resistance, right? It's it's revolt, it's rebellion against Satan. It's a it's a resistance against the pressure of the world to keep you on the run, to keep you moving, going, going, going. To, to resist that and you set your priorities, you set how you would spend your time. That's important to know. I mean, I was, I loved 
telling people, join the resistance. You know, it's <laughs> it's fight the pressure, the social pressure you're being bombarded with. Right. To create that time. The practical, okay, I would have to say for me especially, I'm a night owl. So the practical starts of a day the night before is to get mm-hmm. to bed earlier. You know, most of what I do between nine and a midnight is a waste of time, you know, <laughs> is, yeah. is I'm wasting time. So if I can get myself to bed by 1030, then I'm able to get up at 430 or five or 530 or six, depending on my schedule and have the time that I need. If I'm piddling around doing whatever till 1130, then I, I can't be getting up at five. I'm not, that's not enough rest. That's not enough sleep. Um, so I think that's the first practical is get to bed earlier, figure out a way to set up your schedule so you get to bed earlier. And then I think having a block of time, and here's where you got to be creative, depending on you know the, the the pressure of your schedule. But there's there's lo- lots of things you can do. You you definitely need some time to read scriptures, think about them, pray about them. Um, there's lots of great YouTube videos on how to meditate, the power of meditation, ways mm-hmm. to meditate. Um, and then even use like if you drive to work, use your like I live in L.A. traffic city and, <laughs> right. and I discovered audiobooks. And boy, you know, I don't have a problem with it because, of course, I'm in school, so I've got tons of reading I have to do. I've got a couple hours of reading a day. So. It's awesome. Somebody says, hey, can we meet downtown? I think, okay, it's going to take me an hour to get there. That's awesome. That's like two chapters. <laughs> I could get two chapters down in that time, you know? And, yes. and 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 I've got things that I need to read, but I also have things that just feed my soul. You know, Ruth Haley Barton books, John Mark Homer books, you know, and, and John Mark Homer reads his own, you know, his own books. So it's a great time to just learn from him. And, mm. you know, most of us, we're mindlessly driving anyway, so we might as well be mindful instead of mindless, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and listening to that. I've also, I use apps. You know, I've got this uh, great app, Pray Today. It reminds me four times a day. You said it. Even gives me pictures and scriptures, you know. Uh, mine should, shows me pictures of my kids and pictures of my family. So I remember to pray for them throughout the day. Wow. You know, and, and just stop for a second, pray. Uh, centering app. That's a, that's a great little app, you know, just little five minute meditations or 15 minute meditations that it guides you along. Abide is real popular. Um, breathe is another app that's just, you know, breathing uh, meditations. Calm is another app. That is great. And so you can do them at lunchtime. You can do them on a break. You can go on mm. a break. Go go stand outside and get your headset on, you know, your, your ears on. You just listen to a five-minute meditation, and it resets. You know, the Jews prayed throughout the day um, because we need it. You know, we absolutely need yeah. it. So it's being creative, you know, how do I keep God in the center of my life? And how do I stay connected with God? You know, mm. when I travel, I text Michelle every day. We talk every other day or so. We have, depending on the trip and what we're doing, because I want to stay connected. 
And even in the, you know, if I'm, if I've got a really busy day, I check in with her because I want to stay connected. Same with God. I think a lot of us, we, we, we form the habit of, we check in with God in the morning and then it's like, bye, see you tomorrow morning, you know, and off we go. And Mm -hmm. it's no, no practice staying connected throughout the day and, and check in with him and refill your cup with him that is it starts to get more and more fun it starts to get more and more awesome there's lots of disciplines you know you could set the app to remind you to pray three times a day or four times a day um there's just a lot of great things and there's wonderful websites out there you know the renovare website is loaded with with all kinds of things you can read and and download um i'm trying to make my own the way of the pilgrim.com i'm trying to make it a resource center so that um, people can get things, studies, quiet times, meditations. Our fellowship, we're just learning this stuff. We are way late to the party. We're the, we're the guy who shows up to the party at 2 a.m., you know, and <laughs> everybody's already been here a long time. That's, That's such a great way to put it. We're just, we're just learning about all this. But uh, honestly, other people have learned amazing things, and we can benefit from that. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think that that is a really great and practical way to put this into practice. What I'm hearing is it's not about the circumstances you're in. It's about what God will do within those circumstances. Yeah. And it's so easy for me to go, well, no, Robert, you don't understand. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I'm so busy. And it's like, and what I hear you saying is, Hey, first take a breath. You're probably not as busy as you think you are, which I love what you said earlier. And, and, and well, then what is God going to do with that? And I think about, you know, of course this, you know, with Martha, the settings need to get set. He didn't say like, you know, they, they still had to have dinner, of course, and get everything ready and prepped or cleaning the house and um, prepping and all this kind of way. But, but it's, it's, it's taking time to stop and just, and just enjoy God's presence and I wonder what it would have looked like, you know, if she had stopped for a moment just to listen and, and then getting back to work. We would have never had this wonderful excerpt that we obviously has been so useful in teaching for thousands of years now. Uh, but I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that practical approach that it's okay how busy you are, but what is God going to do in that anyways? Because God has to work in your life. So mm-hmm. how are you going to let him? And I think that's just really great. And it sounds like there's small practical ways to make this a daily practice and allow it to grow through your life. Really, really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, five minutes of powerful connection with God is better than an hour of spacing out. You know, it's just right. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Well, well, Robert, that, that was really convicting. I think the, um, the part that really stood out to me about what you said is not having your time with God in the morning and going, okay, I'll see you tomorrow morning and just kind of peace out and have nothing, no type of right. connection until the following day. I, I think I definitely fall prey to that um, mentality or that practice. And so that's something that it just, it seems so 
practical to be able to go, you know what, let me pull aside for five minutes. There's so many other things I do for f- scroll on my phone or, you know, whatever the, the, the thing that I typically do to be mindless. I, instead of doing that, how can I implement prayer or meditation for just a few minutes to really help me reorient and recenter on God? So I, I really appreciate that. Um, I did want to ask, so as, as we've been practicing these dis- different disciplines, we've now gone over, I think like eight or some Something like that. You know, I think for some of us, we're like, man, keep them coming. And we, we love this. We want to add as many tools to the toolbox. And for others of us, we might be feeling like, whoa, this is a lot. Like, I kind of feel discouraged and now I don't want to practice any of these things. What would you encourage us to... Um, to really take these disciplines that we've been learning and apply them in their proper context, where maybe some are daily, maybe some are weekly. Um, how would you encourage us to mm. a- apply these disciplines in a way that doesn't overwhelm us, but rather feeds our souls as we grow in our formation? Hmm. Yeah, great question. Yeah. yeah, thanks for that question. Um, you know, I think one thing that's important to know is that we're, we're all different and we respond in different ways. Um, everybody's relationship with God will be unique. I remember yeah. when um, my kids were really small, they were just babies still. And, and Sam and Jerry Lang, who were discipling, Sam said, each of your kids is going to find God in a different way. They're going to connect in a different way. They're not going to be attracted to the same things. And I think that's, that carries into our relationship with God of there, like for some of us, prayer, man, is just so life changing for others. Others, it's not so much prayer. It's reading and meditating on the scriptures. That, that is what moves us and fills us. For others, it could be singing, you know, that just connects them at a deep level. I mean, all of them are good, but because you see somebody else who's just like so excited about this, you think, what's wrong with me? You know, right. or, or I'm just overwhelmed by all this. For some of us, it's just one thing at a time, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, we're all different. I think the key is is experiment, you know, and try different things and see, note, be, be, this is why it's important to be mindful and attentive. Note, what helped you, you know, write it down. Ah, I loved mm. it when we did this, or I loved reading that, or I loved mm. meditating, or I tried Lectio Divina, I got bored. So let me try a, <laughs> let me try a, a meditation or a breathing meditation. Mm. There's, and, and the truth is you're also changing. So mm. what, didn't mean much today, maybe life-changing in two years. Wow. I mean, I first read a Dallas Willard book. It was like 1995. Somebody gave it to me. I got nothing. You know, I just <laughs> wasn't yeah. even wasn't even interested. I was like, ah, this is a philosopher. And I moved on. I wasn't ready, you know, and now right. I've like eaten up his books. But um, I think knowing that, I think be very patient and gracious with yourself you know, some people have such a hard time with meditation. They they just, they can't stop the monkey mind and, you know, mm. hang in there, you know, slow and steady, be patient. The last thing that spiritual disciplines want to accomplish is to make you feel bad about yourself. It's, mm. they're designed to help you connect with God and his love, right? right? So right. it's not working for you. That's okay. 
drop it, try something else, or maybe try it a few times and see if it, it changes. But I think slow and steady, uh, you can't hurry love. You know, it just, it takes a while to build that relationship, to find different ways to communicate. Um, be aware that it it just takes time. You know, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't change in five days. We want, well, I did, you know, contemplate in prayer for five days and I feel the same. Well, give it another 30 days and, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, and then we'll see, you know, and, and um, I think it's usually I, my rule of thumb is try anything for at least 30 days and see if you feel anything or you notice any change, but not after we're, we're, we're such, we're so used to everything being instantaneous and quick that yeah. we try it three times in a week and what well, didn't work, don't work on me, you know? I mean, imagine if people approach Christianity that way, you know, it just, no, yeah. it takes time. It's a, it's a lot. You're building a life, not just a week. Yeah. So right. I, yeah. I think That's that, yeah, you know, and be that. very gracious with yourself. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's, I so appreciate that point of view because I can typically approach things like the spiritual microwave. Like I, I, I did it for a little bit. Why is it, why am I not different? You know, and, right. and, and, and that's just very impatient of me. And I appreciate that wisdom. And we can be this, very judgmental on ourselves, you know, and that he's got to, you got to back away from that. You have to, one of the classic lines you'll hear is abandon the outcomes. Mm. You know, you don't go on a date with your wife just so that you'll get something at least i hope not you know that, yeah. I mean, there's probably some husbands that do but <laughs> you go on a date with your wife to build your relationship to connect mm. to be better friends and and so what's how do you evaluate that what are the metrics there you know what are the what are the key performance indicators well there aren't any it's you're building a relationship This is this is more from a place of curiosity, but as you were diving into this world, were there any disciplines that you came across that you were like, yeah, there's no way I'm not going to connect in that way. And then only later to find out, wow, this has been kind of a pivotal discipline that I've applied in my own life. Um, I, I had a real hard time with meditation, uh, honestly, you know, and in mm. my first class, the first time I was taught meditation, we were supposed to just do breathing meditations. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was agony for five minutes, just like watching the clock, you know, is it over? Is it over? Is it over? <laughs> like a kid was, in school waiting for the bell to ring. Yeah. It's just really show, showed or demonstrated to me how undisciplined I was in my thinking, you know, yeah. and I, you know, two years later I'd start meditating and then I'd look up at the clock and it was an hour later. And I was like, Whoa, where did that hour go? You know, wow. I was just blown away, but you know, so there are different ones that were very hard at first, you know, mm. and, and even Lectio Divina was a little bit ooey gooey, like, you know, <laughs> people get all this deep stuff and I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? Oh. really got that right now. 
And now I really do get a lot more out of it. Wow. Ooey gooey. I love that. That's inspiring though. Because I think I can look at some of these disciplines and go, man, in concept, that sounds amazing. But man, this is is hard to practice or man, I don't know how I'm going to get this down. But that's inspiring that when we we do practice it over time, it has the power to transform us. So I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate that because I, the, 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 two ones that we've talked about specifically on this season of the podcast has been that have been hard for me to to even really even work up the desire to want to work on them is is simplicity and fasting. Mm. Tasha had this awesome <laughs> lesson on it, and I amend him all the way. And on the way home, it just it just it it, it just faded from my desire to be like and and. And, the, no, and so I told my, I <laughs> yeah. know I was like, you do it, man. But I, I really did want to try. And I, and I, and I, I've been, um, it, it's, it's like a monkey on my back knowing, okay, I do need to do this. Like I want to work on it and I don't need to be a pro at it, but it was kind of funny. I, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to do like a Daniel fast for like a couple days just to kind of get my you know, get my heart in the right place. A full fast would be a lot for me. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me just do a couple. And, and so I, I bought, I went and, and bought some like juice, you know, some like veggie juice. Did you really? I did. And then, and then, and then it was sitting in my fridge and I like wasn't fasting, but I went and started drinking it. Cause it was like, Hey, this kind of tastes good. And then my wife was like, wait, why are you drinking that? And I was like, well, That's because amazing. I got it for the fast. Fast and she's like, "Are you fasting?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> and I was like, "But it tastes good." It was so funny, and it totally wow. brought out my heart that I was not—I was not dedicated. And uh, I've been trying to, uh, yep, work on that. As I, I'm just airing my dirty laundry, so uh, yeah. our listeners know we're all human. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. No, it's uh, not well, easy to deal with the flesh. It's not. It's just no. that's the battle. This is a spiritual battle. I mean, yeah. Spiritual formation is learning how to fight for God in the spiritual mm-hmm. way. It's a yeah. great way to put that. Well, Robert, this has been an incredible time, man. I, I thank you so much. I know you have a lot on your plate, and the fact that you made time to to hang out yes. with us and let us interview you just uh, definitely means a ton to us. So, thank you for that. Um, I just thought before we we close out, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with on the topics of? Um, presence or slowing or even just spiritual formation as a whole, just any last words that you want to leave us with before we close out? Yeah, thanks. That's, I, I love that question. Um, yeah, there, I have, uh, I have a thought or two here is, you know, our, our, our world is in deep trouble right now. I mean, it's always been in trouble, but it's particularly mm. bad. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not, you know, conspiracy theory stuff. That's just, that is reality. And you, you know, all the stats show it, all the social indicators are there. We're, we're in bad shape. And what the world desperately needs is spiritual leadership, spiritual Mm -hmm. examples, spiritual help. And as, first of all, as God's people, we have to recognize and understand that this is, first of all, it's a spiritual battle going on. On the outside, it might be political, racial, gender, generational. Those are those are the fruits of what's going on deep down. Deep down, you know, it's 
what Paul said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And that's, that is what's behind all of this anger mm-hmm. and hatred and fear. And the need of the hour is for spiritual men and women to step up who aren't getting carried away by the fears and the anger of the world, who can mm-hmm. set an example in the church, in our communities, in our workplaces, on our campuses, in our neighborhoods. That is the biggest need in the world right now, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in, in all of creation. And it is a raging spiritual battle. The solutions have never been organizational, political, strategic, having the right leaders, all that's humanistic. And that's what the world grabs for, right? Because those are the only solutions the world knows. The solution is from God. The solution is spirituality. What does the whole world need? Love, joy, Mm -hmm. peace, patience, Mm -hmm. kindness, Mm -hmm. goodness. And where does that come from? Those are the fruits of the spirit. Right. Spiritual formation shows up in these things in love, mm-hmm. joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. These are the things that in reality every human being desires and wants. Yeah. They just yeah. don't know where to get it. They think you have to get it from money or power or politics or something else when in reality it comes from God. They're like it's like the world is starving. And thinks the food is at the grocery store, but the food is at home, you know, but they don't know that. And we, as God's people, should know that, live that, and show them that. So Jesus really is the the way, the truth, and the life. And spiritual formation is just allowing God to make you like Jesus so you can help the world, so that we can be a light to the world. Every disciple needs to be like Jesus because the world needs Jesus. And that's what spiritual formation is. So that's what I would leave you with. Amen. Um, well, Robert, that that just feels so empowering yeah. um, because I, you know, I think oftentimes when we look at something like spiritual formation or spiritual disciplines, we can think incredibly inward, which obviously if we don't first work on ourselves, how are we going to help other people? But I think this just really inspires me to go, man, I I need to be an ambassador of Christ. And Absolutely. of course, it all, it all begins with my own spirituality, my own faith, and making sure that I am walking as Jesus walked, which of course, so many of the disciplines are exactly what Jesus did, but it doesn't end there. It should go on to impact this lost and hurting world that we're living in. And that just really calls me higher. In fact, it inspires me more to make sure that I am practicing these disciplines in order to benefit those around me. So thank you for that. That was incredibly inspiring. Amen. Amen. Robert, I just want to say thank you for continuing to be so curious where the Spirit's going to take you. Because we're receiving the blessings of that in this conversation and you're able to turn around and help those in a younger generation to become more like Jesus and to, and to commune with God and, and to live a spirit-filled life. Um, it, like we read your bio in the beginning and someone uh, who's 
been able to live the life you've lived, it would be really easy for you to be like, yeah, I'm just going to find the things I do really well. And I'm just going to do that and become, and I'm an expert at it. I don't need to learn anymore. Like, and you've done so much in your life. And I just lift you up with that, of course. But one of the most impressive things, uh, despite all of your accolades is your remaining curiosity to learn from Mm. God and your humility to me your accolades are so incredibly impressive, but that is even more impressive to me, just Mm -hmm. how humble you are to learn from God. And I'm so grateful. I just really want to lift that up in you. And, and for me and our listeners, I think it's easy for us as, you know, I'm 30, a lot of our ministry is somewhere between 23, 22, and kind of 33, 34. That's kind of like the age group. And mm-hmm. this age group is, is, is particularly, it's easy for us to just go, great, I kind of know what I'm doing and I don't need help. And, and I'm, it's easy for me to do that. I've been a Christian for X amount of years and I don't really need to keep learning. It's the same old, you know, and, and you have shown us in this podcast that no, we never stop learning. We mm-hmm. never stop growing. The spirit is always giving more wisdom. There's always more to grow. And the spiritual practices not only help us, but they breathe new life into our community when we do it together. And yes. that is the answer to this aching, dying, broken world. It's this community of people living out the practices of the Bible. And we have to take ownership of that. And I'm so grateful for your example in that. Um, I am, I'm eager to hear how your dissertation goes. And I just Mm -hmm. know that God is going to continue to work through you. And I'm grateful for you coming onto our podcast. So thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I love your podcast and I'm cheering you on from out here in LA and, uh, Amen. and any way I can serve, I, I feel honored to serve you guys and to share mm-hmm. what God is sharing with me. So thank you. Thank you very Amen. much. Of course. All right, man. Well, we loved having you on the Wrestling With Faith podcast. We're definitely going to have to have you back out. But until then, we will say goodbye. Love you, bro. It's great to have you, man. All right. Thanks, Robert. Love you, man. Thanks, man. Well, today was certainly an eye-opening episode, and we are so grateful that we got a chance to sit down with Robert Carrillo and speak about what it means to slow our lives down and practice God's presence. You know, he gave us many ways that we can practically do this, some being meditation, stachio, which is arriving places early so you can be present, contemplation, and also just simply breathing. My challenge for you today is to find one area in your life that you can slow down and begin the practice of God in your life. Remember that slowing down is going to be relative to who you are. Everyone's gonna be different. Have grace with yourself as you begin this practice, but remember that God wants you. He's jealous of you and eager to have your attention. I'm so excited to see what this does for our ministry as we begin to practice the process of slowing down our lives and practicing the presence of God. Let's go ahead and end that with a prayer. God, I just wanna stop and just thank you for the words of wisdom that we just received. 
I'm not in a rush to go anywhere, and I pray that I can take my time as I just contemplate this and and meditate on your word and how good you are, God. I don't want to be like Martha. I want to be like Mary, knowing what's important and choosing you. Lord, I know you want my attention. Help me to slow down. Help me to practice your presence and listen to your spirit. And help me, Lord, as I form spiritually. Help us as a ministry as we go on this process and this journey together. And Lord, I know you're in control and I know that there are blessings ahead. I love you, Jesus, and I'm so grateful that through your sacrifice, we can actually commune with God. Spirit, thank you for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Wrestling with Faith is a nonprofit podcast brought to you by the Mission Point Yopro Ministry. We'll see you next time.